Welcome, listeners, to our retrospective episode talking about Firelight. I am, of course, Nick Urasiva, who ran the final uh, one-shot, Lucid Nightmare, as well as did all the little narration stuff. But I'm here with the the rest of the gang, the usual suspects, uh, Fiona, Cliff, and Chelsea. Hi. Hi, guys. Hello. Thank you for speaking up. So um, it proved to our audience that I wasn't lying. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, we are here to do our normal uh, retrospective thing where we kind of can chat about how we thought uh, this season of Fables went um, and kind of share our final thoughts on it and also answer some of the questions that you guys all submitted. So, um, yeah. That's what we're doing here today. (laughs) (laughs) So did we want to did we want to like start out by just kind of like going around the horn and just kind of giving our like how we felt everything went and and like that sort of thing, because this this season was a little bit different um, than the way we've done Fable seasons before. And I think we'll get into um, kind of the the reasons behind that in a little bit. But uh, it was definitely an experiment. um, So. Yeah, do we just want to go around and talk about what we thought? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, um, yeah, go ahead, Chelsea. Um, so saying that this was an experiment, I think it was very successful um, being able to tie together these one shots with a with a theme. Mm-hmm. I think it was really interesting, especially being one of the people that got to, you know, play in and, and help create something like this. Uh, I'm excited to do it again, potentially. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought it went really great. Um, I was, like, a, I guess I was, like, slightly worried, um, just because we hadn't done, like, one-shots before. And one-shots just sort of structurally are very hard to pull off, um, especially when you want to make the episodes under two hours. Because if you can go for, like, you know, five or six hours, that's a lot easier to do. But to tell a cohesive story... Um, make people attached to the characters and then also you know do all the other like podcasting stuff is like really really hard to do and and very intimidating but I thought that everyone just like knocked it out of the park I thought it was great we're professional yeah (laughs) absolutely like one of the things that I learned was that you know even with that restraint of the one shot you know I knew that a bunch of my friends were very creative people, but it just really showed how creative everyone was with having that constraint around them. And also that my friends are bad at math. (laughs) Yeah. Do we have to multiply 2d6s together? Cliff, what the fuck? The audacity. (laughs) We didn't get a question about this, but I will say that um, for d6 times d6, the game that uh, we read for the second episode... Tom, our producer, had to make a button that, well, he didn't have to make this. So at first he just like made an Excel that was just like a times table of like up to six by, you know, six. <laughs> yeah. And that was like very helpful. Um, and then he literally decided to make a web page that had a button that would tell you like the first die roll, the second die roll, and then like what it multiplies to. <laughs> and, so and this page is just ty- titled. Used. Yeah, um, it was titled "You're bad at math, so here's a button." So here's a yeah. button. Yeah, and <laughs> Tom didn't have this... to go that hard, but he did. Yeah, uh, he, and he, we... he didn't even like plan to do that. He just whipped it all up while we were like waiting to start recording because we were like, "Oh, like I'm intimidated about multiplication," and then uh-huh. he just he made us a button. It was very sweet. Tom so, cares for us, <laughs> right? So in that episode, if it sounded like we were really good at math, don't be fooled. Don't we had technology. We were reading numbers <laughs> off Editing magic. Right, right. But, <laughs> I but did yeah. notice sometimes you could still hear die rolls in there. I don't know if it was actually rolling dice. I did not yeah. roll a single die that whole game. <laughs> I used I w- the button so on my phone all to, the time. To make it feel more authentic, I was rolling the dice and then clicking the button. <laughs> just so we had fully. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice. Uh, that yeah. is amazing. <laughs> I, I did hear the die rolls. I, I didn't know who was doing them. I'm like, oh, okay, someone's like not using the button every time. But nope, yeah. we use no. the button every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so convenient. 
<laughs> I, I rolled my dice every time, but that's because I'm like, I have 17 different things that are open that I'm going back and forth between. I appreciate the button, but um, I just need as much a space as possible. Right. 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 I was like having yeah. flashbacks to in elementary school doing the times tables. So if you like did the worksheet in time, you could go to like a, an ice cream party. Uh -huh. And it was like stressing me out and bringing up <laughs> so many just repressed memories. And I was, I was glad for the button. Uh -huh. right. I wish I would have had the button back in like 1999 or whenever that was. <laughs> right. Whenever you needed to multiply two 2D6s two together back in 1999. Yeah. Which was constantly. <laughs> right. Uh, so. Nick, what did you think about the season? Uh, I, I really liked it. Uh, I was so it was such a blast to play in everybody's uh, one shots and different stories and uh, come up with what silly character I was going to play in each of those. And then um, I just love running horror games. Um, so uh, being able to come up with what I was going to be doing for my one shot uh, was a lot of fun and actually really stressful because uh, Fiona's played in my horror games before and um, pesters me to do them all the time. Mm -hmm. And based on the premise that I had given you guys, there was a lot of hype going into mine. And I'm like, oh, God, like people are expecting this like really like good horror one shot and I've like now talked it up and there's expectations and like I don't even know if this is gonna work uh and um <laughs> so I was I was probably the most nervous going into recording that session than I am for anything and this is after like recording Voidfair for a year which I really don't get too nervous uh doing anymore and doing this stuff but going into that i'm like there's a lot of moving parts here and we need to get it in under two hours like but i'm really happy with how it turned out and um uh i'm really proud of it and i'm really proud of this whole this whole season good yeah. horror is very very hard to pull off that's another thing that's like we sort of like did this season on hard mode because like not all of them were horror um <laughs> but like kittens <laughs> some of them were kittens uh which one wasn't to, horror like, <laughs> <laughs> but it, horror as a genre is just so hard because there's so much like expectation there right that you're going to either go like um like horror terror and like that people will be like frightened uh or like feel these like intense emotions listening to it and that's such like a personal experience and it's like so hard for you know it's so hard to like make a movie that's like or movie or podcast or whatever that's like scary to everyone um right but i think that we hit on the important parts of the genre that we needed to which was like you know the um anticipatory fear and you know stuff like that but right mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um can i throw out our first question because that's do it sure yeah, that sort of leads into it. This is from our friend Caitlin, um, and she asks, how did you guys come up with the idea to do the Firelight format? So the, the format of doing, like, just the four one-shots over October. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I can start. Uh, originally, we were going to do a completely different season. I won't say what that is, but yeah. it got moved for production reasons. Yes. And uh, we... Uh, we, we needed, we wanted to do something spooky for Halloween and, uh, we were now scrambling to come up with, uh, you know, what we wanted to do. And we had thrown out the idea of like, oh, maybe we could just do a one shot, but that never really felt right with the format of the show. Um, you know, doing these seasons, uh, and then just throwing a random one shot in there didn't really feel right. But, uh, when that came up, we eventually landed on like, well, what if we did a season of one shots um, that were all horror, you know, horror stories or spooky Halloween theme stories? Um, I have to qualify. Thanks to Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, and uh, and because there's so many there's so many systems out there that are good for that. So like we didn't have any shortage of systems to pick from. Um, and, uh, that's kind of how we landed on it. And then that naturally led to the framing device of we're telling stories around the campfire, um, for Halloween. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's basically it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I will clarify one thing, which is that we we this was our third iteration of what are we going to do for like October after, yeah. <laughs> after Tainted Love, um, both for production reasons, both that you will see in the future, um, but they just didn't work out um, in time. So it was this very panicked, like, oh, God, like, what are we going to do? And Nick just sort of came up with the idea that we should do a series of like Halloween slash horror themed uh, one shots. And it was great. Like, I loved the idea. I thought it was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I'm very glad it's a cool. I think it sets a cool precedent that, uh, like, not even just for Halloween in the future, but if we ever had a handful of systems that are really good for one shots that we can kind of link together thematically, um, this is a cool way to do it in the future. Um, So, yeah, because not all games are are very long. Like we did, we did pretty long um, seasons for uh for curse and for tainted love like at the upper end of what we really wanted like uh right able seasons to be but there's so many games that you know only take like two or whatever hours to play that i think are like perfect for the one shot format so i like putting them together and making it sort of its own like themed thing yeah right also on the production side of this, which is really cool, uh, you know, I I had just finished editing Tainted Love while we were figuring out what was this what was going on with this season. Like I was editing the final episode, and you guys asked me to to help with this, and I was like, I just wrote an entire campaign. You're asking me to do another <laughs> game for you. <laughs> um, but doing the one shots took a lot of pressure off because um, you know you're only working for one session and you're not making this big grand story right mm-hmm. yeah it's it's so hard to do an entire uh, fable season especially when we were like in september not really sure where to go um curse for reference took about 170 hours from start to finish including what we did for gen con to like just write the game um do like the research into like the rules and stuff then record and edit it, it takes a really really long time yeah and, it's, uh, it's a big commitment <laughs> right mm-hmm. and when you're like rushing that much like you know we would have to be like recording and editing and putting out episodes basically all at once which chelsea did do for tainted love and it is a big <laughs> ask it's extremely difficult to do so i really yeah. like this system it took the pressure <laughs> off of everyone everyone could just focus on like you know, here's my like two hour game that I'm going to put everything, um, all these different things into and just, you know, release and then be done with it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it was nice running, running uh, Firelight and being like, OK, so I don't have to record on Monday, have the episode finished, edited by Tuesday and do three different artworks for that yeah. episode in the uh-huh. week and then right. do it all again next week. <laughs> <laughs> See, on the flip side, though, there is there is uh, doing a one shot, as I think we mentioned, uh, hit on earlier, has its own set of challenges, because now you have to make sure you tell a story with a beginning, middle and end and have the right. uh, ability to introduce these characters um, in a way that makes uh, both us and the listeners care about them. Um, yeah. So we're basically improvising a story in the like span of a movie, but we don't have the benefit of writing it ahead of time. So uh, it it was a very, uh, a very kind of like, you know, threading the needle on that. And, uh, but, but I think like everything ended up like working out. Like, yeah, uh, I think like everything, uh, all, all of them are are really good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And this wasn't all to just us coming up with it in the moment before each episode of firelight, mm -hmm. we did probably like an hour or two's worth of like discussing, um, what we wanted to accomplish. We didn't like script anything out or anything, but, uh, we had an idea of what the story was, um, before we went into it and that was especially useful for uh the first episode camp marigold because like no one was the gym there like no one knew what the story was so we had this idea that we were going to like we knew each other's characters and everything um and we knew that okay the linworn's gonna make an appearance probably like maybe like 20 minutes in and you know um not super detailed or anything like that. I even did this for curse. I would like let people know like, okay, like there's going to be uh, something regarding like this idea, like uh, Alistair is going to have a scene at the end of episode one, just so you're like prepared for that. And that's where your brain is. Um, So not entirely improv, like we would do at a table, but also we're like trying to make it interesting and good to listen to. (laughs) So we're keeping those improvisational aspects while also trying to keep it like pretty tight and clean because we do have, you know, 
we don't have like an official time limit, but it does get to a point of diminishing returns when we're just sort of like right. farting around the story instead of actually telling it. <laughs> Uh, right. The other cool thing, I think, is that, you know, we're, the, the season in particular, we're kind of a team of forever DMs, so, like, we're used to knowing how a story is supposed to be told, or at least what has been effective at previous tables that is probably also going to be effective in the podcast format. Uh, so I think that was really, really helpful. Yeah, I'm not a forever GM. That was our first sort of idea of how we do Firelight as forever GMs, um, but I'm not a forever GM, which makes it good who let you in i know that's why i ran a gm list system because i cheated uh yeah. curse, curse was the first game i ever gm'd well like seriously at least um i did like a couple episodes of a dnd campaign that went very poorly and didn't do anything again for like 10 years but <laughs> <laughs> but i'm i'm becoming a forever gm no i'm not i i still have nick to bully <laughs> that's that's yeah. true. I am the foreverist DM. <laughs> I think uh, we had a question um, from our friend Dan that was um, was there was there any system that we all considered um, that almost got be got played before we landed on the systems that we did choose? Yeah, yeah. And Kate, Caitlin had a similar one that was. Uh, basically the same, like what was considered but not used for an episode. Uh, I know I had a different thing in mind. Uh, there's a uh, YouTube series table pop that's put out by Dorkly, and I really liked a couple of the things that they used. I reached out to see if it was like an official like published system or anything, and it wasn't. It was just happened to be the... Uh, Something that the DM for that show came up with that, yeah, while a cool and quick system to learn, uh, unfortunately wasn't the necessarily the aim for what Derailed uh, tries to do with uh, Fables, which is, you know, actually highlighting uh, independent creator and publisher uh, games that are put out for uh, purchase or play in various means so uh instead of going for a very easy system i ended up switching to the most complicated game of the <laughs> i don't think it was that complicated it just no no once we got the button it was not it was not hard um mm -hmm. i i had a couple games i was considering for this i think i had like the most games i was considering which sucks because i was going first um but uh, <laughs> So the other ones I the other top ones I was considering um one was Bubblegum Shoe um which is based on the Gumshoe system. Um I thought it was really great. We almost did it, but I noticed it was going out of print and I wanted to uh highlight a game like Cliff said that was like in print focused on indie creator. Um I think there might be like a couple more copies of Bubblegum Shoe floating around. Um you should definitely like uh, support you know the creator and, and everything like that it looked like a super cool system uh, if they put out a new edition or something i wouldn't be opposed to playing in the future but ultimately it just wasn't exactly what we were looking for um the other one that i was considering chelsea you might have to help me out with the name it was about birds <laughs> Oh yeah, it was called Bird Secrets. Yeah, it was I think called... that's. I think <laughs> yeah. that's just what the name was. Yeah, it was called Bird Secrets, and I really liked the system. And you played with birds, you played as birds, and like you had like a nest mechanic and stuff like that. So I thought that that was really cool. But I'm like, I don't know what stereotype it is that women run animal games but like i don't want to create a stereotype or like play into something that i don't know about so i'm like okay like we already have an animal game so let's uh move to something else um i also considered tales from the loop which was just like a lot like it, it's a really cool system it's won a bunch of awards and stuff but it just seems like a little bit too complicated um and then we also considered like monster of the week um kids on bikes all sorts of mm. stuff, but ultimately Camp Marigold, um, even though it was GMless and set in summer during fall, which were the only two like strikes against it, I guess. I, I thought it was like extremely cool. It was my favorite through like all of the searches I did through like um, IPR and all like the and that system sleep away. And stuff. 
Yeah, Sleep Away. Yeah. Yeah, Camp Marigold was just the title of the Camp Marigold was um. nice, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. A Sleep Away by J Dragon. It's a really great game. Um, mm-hmm. J Dragon has another game that's coming out soon um, that everyone should also check out. And it's Possum Creek Games is where you can find all of that. Yeah. Chelsea? Uh, I wish I had a cool story, but I don't. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I have, I have. There, there are other Denied games I consider too. Kittens. Yeah, if, so you just landed me, on kittens and stayed there. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, when we, when um, Kickstarter was going through its uh, Make One Hundred and, and its Zine Quest um, earlier this year, uh, I fe- came across this project called Two Women Twelve Games um, that had just they they set aside a year and they made a, a new game every month. And I was looking for a reason to to crack into that. And as I was looking through it, um, not all of the games in there are suitable for one shots, and there there are all kinds of different genres and stuff. But I came across this game called Kitten Witches, and was like, well, <laughs> I mean, it would be irresponsible for me not to run this game right at this moment. So <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it was it was love at first sight. There was I, I found it, and it was like, this is it. This is the game I'm doing. You guys are going to be kittens. Suffer. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> <Suffer>. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I went through kind of a similar process that Fiona did. Uh, so uh, when I run horror games, I, I love the Dread RPG. Uh, it is... It 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 is a system that like lends itself perfectly to the kind of horror games I want to tell, which is that slow ramping tension, um, you know, type story, which is how I run Dread. Like a lot of a lot of like Dread Dread kind of lends itself, I think, uh, or was written specifically for like more slasher type stories, but I find it works very well for that slow burn, you know, ramping up the tension style horror thriller stories. Um, but now, obviously we can't play Dread on a podcast, especially one where we're recording it remotely. So I was trying to look for systems that could kind of capture a little bit of that same feel. Um, I looked, uh, uh, there's a game called 10 Candles um, that is super cool. Um, that we, the way it works is you're supposed to literally have 10 candles in front of you. We probably could have made that work <laughs> with digital representations, but uh Ultimately, I, um, I it didn't feel exactly right for for what I wanted to do. It was more survival horror, um, and what I wanted to do wasn't quite that. Um, when I landed on the idea of doing something that was like based on of like the sleep study, um, kind of like loosely inspired by like the the uh, Russian sleep experiment creepy pasta. Um, uh, there's a game called Don't Rest Your Head which I thought was perfect where it's basically insomniacs get superpowers and fight like nightmare creatures, but it was more of like dark whimsical uh, than what I wanted to go for. Um, so I decided against that. And then I eventually I found strain, um, which ended up being perfect. Uh, the stress mechanic kind of has that like ramping um, type vibe that I really liked from dread. And while it took some finagling to figure out exactly the best way to do it in the context of a one shot. Um, I, I really like the system for its simplicity and we, we were using strain basic um, for our game, which is the slim down, you know, streamlined rule set. That sort of leads into um, another question from Dan, which is uh, what were your favorite parts of each system? Yeah. Um, I guess since I'm already there like that, the stress mechanic in strain for sure. Um, because, uh, the way it's supposed to work is, you know, you, you have the total success, partial success and disasters and you roll a disaster when you roll your stress level or lower. So as your stress goes up, so does your chances of basically rolling a crit failure, um, which it has that like, you know, building tension sort of vibe built into the mechanics, which I really, really liked. Um, in Sleep Away, the parts that I really liked, I really liked the character sheets. Um, I thought that those were extremely cool. Uh, it was like the character sheets were questions basically, and you like circled an answer. Um, so it was stuff like Buckeye's gender was like a, a glaive, and like you know, all these like really interesting questions, which is how the chainsaw came to be. Um, because uh, <laughs> you had like this manifestation of your like destructive tendencies. Um, playing the athlete, which Buckeye was, um, 
I also really liked the um, picking up and putting down different parts of the camp to sort of like control them um, in place of mm-hmm. having a GM list system, like uh, doing some sort of like question and answer tree or like rolling dice or something like that. Um, I thought that that was super duper neat. It was also a card game, which I thought was really uh, cool to see. And one part, one mechanical part that we didn't get to because we were doing this all online, um, obviously, because it's like bad times now is uh, that you like literally get a cork board and string and you start like as you uh as you go through the mystery of the linworm you like jot stuff down on note cards and put them all around the camp and and use the string to connect them and that's really neat but unfortunately we didn't get to that part so we just had my ms paint map and uh and our which was beautiful (laughs) right (laughs) it was true art Uh it was (laughs) Uh, I think my favorite moment from D6XD6, uh, the favorite part of the system I've seen, is uh, probably the uh, profession mechanic and with the abilities, because mm-hmm. like so many games, it feels like when you have like a list of abilities as opposed to just like a playbook where you normally make that, it kind of is the best of both worlds, because if you can rationally explain like oh i'm a photographer i would understand you know the way the lighting would need to hit this uh mirror to activate this trap like yeah you could you know reasonably use that as for that role um and then just all the other extraneous abilities are just extra to fill out like your interests and everything i thought that was a a neat take that was almost kind of a hybrid of an ability system and like a playbook style like powered by the apocalypse right um and i i mean the coolest thing about kittens is that it's also a diceless system um you use a deck of cards instead of rolling dice to determine what your outcomes are um and depending on the suit you pull kind of flavors the way you should narrate how your action uh happens for example um the suit of hearts is corresponding to purrs which is like about friendship and being friendly and being charismatic and things like that so anytime you beat a a purrs challenge with a hearts card uh you should try and figure out how to do that in that kind of aspect i i have a question that i came up with just now can I'm I proud ask of you. Question. You're proud of me. That's good. <laughs> um, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, what character of someone else's would you play if we had to do Firelight again? Like, what, what, what like other character would you play that you didn't already play that was like mm. existing in Firelight? Ooh. Hmm. Hmm. I asked this question for Curse too. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I only have, like, seven questions in me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, huh. I think I might play Pete. Pete? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good answer. Pete was so fun. Uh Uh-huh. I'd want to play Buckeye. I love Buckeye. (laughs) <laughs> but was so good. Yeah. Is like, you run around with the chainsaw. Just everything is like as extreme as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Buckeye, you can't cut down the whole forest. Oh yeah, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch me. <laughs> Buckeye, please. <laughs> Buckeye, yes. <laughs> It was extremely intimidating doing a voice for Buckeye because I'm really bad at doing voices. Buckeye's I don't... voice was perfect. I don't, what's weird is that I don't understand, like, how people do voices. <laughs> Just, like, on a <laughs> fundamental level, like, I don't I don't get how people can do that. Um, but I, like, figured out if I, like, press down my soft palate, I can I can do the voice. So I need to, and that's how I did, uh, that's how I did Hera's voice, too, is, like, I had to figure out, like, what my mouth felt like, and then I could do the voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess my answer is that I'd like to be any one of the kittens because I would have loved to play kittens. (laughs) I didn't get the the opportunity to play like a really wholesome character in any of these. (laughs) I think I'd want to be Claudio. Yeah. Claudio is a lot of fun. Yeah, I was debating between Buckeye and Claudio. Yeah. Both both good choices. (laughs) (laughs) Claudio parties hard. (laughs) Yes, he does. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like, uh, it was, it was super, um, super fun to play a kitten where you basically just, okay, what do we want? What do we want to do? And they'll filter that through adorable, innocent kitten, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like was very interesting. (laughs) Yeah. We were like, see, I wouldn't have guessed that, um, Nick Cliff and I would make like a just like cloyingly sweet group of kittens, but then that also <laughs> makes perfect sense. Like, uh-huh. like I would have never guessed it, but like, of course, that's the group that just like went as hard as they could into yeah. the fucking like sugar of that game. <laughs> yeah, when when we sat down that morning to record, I was sitting here at my at my desk being like this is going to be the biggest shit show anyone has ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) And then you guys were great. You were so excellent. You were, we were able to navigate all of the problems that came up through that, uh, that session. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the episode is really good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's, I, I have this really conflicting feeling about that episode because it is probably the episode I'm most proud of and also most embarrassed by. (laughs) Uh, it's so good. (laughs) <laughs> that that episode is extremely short because Nick um externally to the episode got called into work so we had to like wrap it up real fast. Yeah, so you want to talk about being able to like make a story out of a limited time. We thought we were yeah. going to yeah. be able to record for that for like 2 2 and a half hours tops. Mm-hmm. Uh and we finished within like less than an hour and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh to yeah, fit a like, timeline really start to finish, yeah. It was yeah, because I very tight. I thought I had to uh, go into work at four, and I got called and said I had to go into work at two, and we had started at noon. So like, uh, or it was even later than that, I think. But it yeah. was like, okay, we need to wrap this up really quickly. <laughs> um, but we were able to compensate and hit story beats, and I, I don't feel like the pacing suffers at all. In in um, do you believe no. in meowgic? <laughs> so good. <laughs> we, we got our like cute kitten pile in the in the in the street. It's it a so it's cute. a ba- it's a ballad of cuteness and vomit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have to practice pouncing. Yeah. We have to practice it was pouncing. Just, it's just for play, Brood. It's just for play. Oh my god, <laughs> it's, not, it's not for real. <laughs> Zoom. Zoom. I I heard of the. Uh, you know, the pile of cute and vomit just now, and I've just, I don't know why my brain went there, but I want to recreate Game of Thrones, but with kittens. Yeah, a song, a song, a song of <laughs> cuteness and vomit. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, we have, like, um, we have Brutus as Jon Snow. Um, bl- uh I think the hero would be Daenerys, and honestly, blue is everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe maybe this is a transition into another question. Um, Our friend Caitlin asked, what was your favorite moment from the game that you ran? Mm. Um, And for me, with, with kittens, just like that, that pile moment was was like. (laughs) <laughs> the moment where I was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Nobody is going to listen to this. <laughs> I think that I've gotten the most feedback just for people telling me about the episodes about, about the kitten episode. <laughs> uh-huh. and, and everyone says that they loved it. <laughs> yeah, that moment. And I love Brutus coming out and charging the witch towards the end. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And you all jumping on this witch and just puking on her because that is... That is the attack. <laughs> yeah. Our our friend Colleen said that so we put kittens and then um the nightmare game, which is already sort of like tonal whiplash. Um and we knew that those last two episodes would be. But then she was like, Oh, I listened to Nightmares first and then went into kittens. And I'm like, that is a chaotic choice. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I guess it does like work as like a really good palate cleanser. <laughs> yeah, and she yeah. listens to like back to back too. So she was like, "Oh no, Claudio! Oh, these kittens!" <laughs> uh, but yeah, what are you guys, your guys's favorite moments of the your games? 
I can say words sometimes. <laughs> words are hard. <laughs> oh yeah, that's my other favorite moment. If I sorry for hogging the favorite moments, but w- there's a moment where uh, Fiona's kitten um, Hera asked the witch, "Why can't we share the children?" And I just my brain breaks in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Huh. Why yeah, not? Why, why can't we be friends? <laughs> Just I like, remember huh. that because I like said that and like there was a long pause and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, what? Why why can't why can't I what? And it was in I just, that like, moment that the I was witch evil. <laughs> yeah. And in that moment the witch realized she had never considered such a possibility. <laughs> yeah. And questions all of her life choices. <laughs> Everything I've done has been a lie. The answer was here the whole time. <laughs> um, but that's enough of my favorite moments. What about you guys? <laughs> just all of the favorite moments. The rest, uh, the rest of the episode and is just going to be us just sharing every our favorite, moment. Every moment this is my favorite moment. <laughs> um, I really like in nightmares uh, when because uh, it, it happened a couple times, but when Jocelyn and Emily were bickering back and forth, and Claudio cannot get a word in edgewise, it makes me laugh every single time. <laughs> I don't even know if we were doing that on purpose or not. Like, I I'm not sure don't if that think was you a character were. voice or, or character choice or Fiona choice or like what that was. <laughs> Um, but it was especially like, uh, it was like after, after it was like revealed that it wasn't actually a sleep study, um, where you guys were in that initial like panic of like, what do we do? What, how do we, how do we get out of here? What is this? What is even real? Um, that I really enjoyed because it was a lot of like you guys trying to figure out what was going on and talking over each other. And in that like kind of panic and like tense moment, that was, uh, really, really cool. Um. I, I like that a lot. I have like a number of favorite moments from Marigold in the editing process. I didn't think that this was like that funny um, until everyone told me after I put it out that it was funny. The first time like Buckeye mentions the chainsaw, I put the chainsaw sound in and I didn't want to do it every time because I thought that, that would be annoying. But apparently the time that he does it makes it like way funnier than it was in the session because <laughs> no one was imagining them like turning it on and just like, yeah just going for it um, yeah like like chainsaw or uh like buckeye just brings out this chainsaw and she's like or they ha- they're like i have a chainsaw and that's like it but like the sound effects like this chainsaw is running so it's like now the visual <laughs> yeah. of buckeye like running out of the bunks with the chainsaw above their head like <laughs> with it. it revving and, and shit Especially- and what's really funny is none of the times where buckeye actually uses the chainsaw has sound effects because that was the only time you did it so it was this really fun <laughs> <laughs> I just like, yeah, and then uh, it, I was worried that the out. sound was like really grating, so I didn't want to do it every time. But I just everyone told me that they liked the part that I did do it. <laughs> well, what made it extra funny was leading up into that scene. We were like, okay, we got to be very discreet and very secretive about right. doing this. And then here right. comes Buckeye rubbing this chainsaw, hey. running through the camp. They, they brought it out in a back. Pack. <laughs> or no, it was a sleeping bag. They brought it out in a sleeping bag. <laughs> yeah, I like that moment. Um, the one that always makes me laugh is um, when they're talking about this. This conversation goes on unbelievably long in the episode. Oh, the fucking bunks. The bunks. <laughs> them talking about how many people they can get into the bunks. And like, as I was like editing, I'm like, oh, maybe like maybe Brody meant like just like a bed and not like the building because I thought of bunks that I have seen in which case you give it way more than 10 people but they have this conversation forever and I think that's a result of it being a GM-less system there was no one to be like okay let's like move on (laughs) well I was envisioning that there was like rooms that there was like two bunk beds in yeah because that's like what I so it's like I was like, imagining like a cabin that, where it's like, like more just, of like an open like yeah. dorm sort of. Thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's where the confusion came came into. Uh, but we just <laughs> talked about it for so long and it's just so <laughs> funny to me because it gets funnier as it goes. Because if you like look at it, it's like a four minute conversation about absolutely nothing. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. But it just like cracks me up every single time. Um, I like that moment. I think my my last favorite moment is um, 
is when um again like post edit when they uh uh, when they, like, defeat the Linworm and Buckeye, like, cuts its head off or whatever, and you see the Linworm go back, and then, uh, then you get, like, Cliff's, like, turn to your left and say, I miss you, and it's so good. <laughs> yeah. All of the music in Marigold was just awesome. Like, I Cliff, you did an it. awesome job on that. Tom and I, just, like, around the house constantly will be, like, the Linworm hunts in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was so much fun. I I think my favorite mer- moments of Marigold were just like my decisions of like, oh, let's uh, take a little twist into Sadness Lane. Right. <laughs> yeah, those were also really good. I remember distinctly uh-huh. being in the recording and like, you know, Cliff talking about it because we sort of like had the idea that like Brody's friend was maybe like um, was never really there or whatever. And then like as we're getting into it, Cliff just being like, no, like the friend was there. Like we've forgotten like we've forgotten Tom's birthday, like all this stuff getting into it. And he's just like going and just in my head, I'm like, I feel so sad. <laughs> <laughs> it was just such like a visceral reaction I had, and I I love to feel that pain in games. It's so good, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, Cliff, what was your favorite favorite moment from uh, your game? Yeah, I think uh, there there were there were a couple. Um, just watching like the interaction, like 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 we talked about like outside tangentially, like we mentioned earlier, like just like what the characters relationships were to try and have a little bit better cohesion since you guys were going in knowing that you knew each other Mm -hmm. and just like watching those interactions play out in the opening was, you know, really fun for me. And then just, uh, when you guys had, when you all started exploring the one office in the health and wellness center, and I just kind of started like slamming my fist down on the table and you, Nick were like, like, huh? Like what was going on? Like, it's just like not expecting like an actual like sound effect like that, I guess, to come over the microphone. Yeah. And just, uh, that was, uh, a lot of fun. Also when Lainey threw the camera. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lainey, what the fuck? Yeah. That was what did so I just good. Say? I'm not going to I... break. I'm not going to do anything. Yeet. Yeet. Yeah. I was, I was so expecting you not to give it to me. And then when you handed it to me and we're like, don't break it. And I said, whatever. I was like, he's not going to let me have this. And then you did. <laughs> um, behind the scenes, behind the scenes scoop here. One thing that I remember from um, Decation, I guess is what we can call that game now. Yeah. Um, is uh is Chelsea and I were in our like Facebook group chat we have like working out who our characters were and stuff like that and this was like four in the morning or something it was like <laughs> yeah. really early in the morning and we just sort of like sent like a hundred messages like back and forth like super fast working out like uh Kelly and Lainey's like relationship and stuff like that and at the end of it Cliff was just like that was fascinating to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then like Nick woke up the next morning like I didn't read what? any of that. <laughs> no. <laughs> give me give me the cliff notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the physical cliff notes. The physical cliff notes. Right. They were physical? <laughs> they were physical. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so I had a question that I thought of. What's your question? What's your question? Um if you could take the the cast, the the player, the characters from any one of these Firelight stories and see them in one of the other stories. Like if you swapped care one one story's characters into another story, mm. what would you want to see? Well obviously like just kittens within everyone. <laughs> yeah, any of the Firelight. Yeah, kittens groups. and lucid nightmares. Kittens yeah, and this... lucid nightmares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kittens and lucid oh, no. nightmares. Oh yeah, that, no! That's the Brutus. only answer to this question is kittens. And There's some nightmares. really spooky stuff happening. Oh. <laughs> I don't know where all these cards came from. <laughs> Maybe we, can, if we bat them around, they'll say something. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, oh, look, a spooky thing. Maybe if we rub its ankles, it'll pet us. <laughs> well, then there. The flip, the flip side of that is almost funnier to me, where now you have uh, Emily, uh, Jocelyn, and Claudio, like, just... They could not have it, solved that problem in 45 minutes. That No, no absolutely no. not. No. Claudio, Claudio would have gotten into the catnip and not left. <laughs> yeah, and just be like, this is a stupid problem. I'm not dealing with it. <laughs> Missing children. I am above this problem. problem. <laughs> yeah. Not my circus, not my monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that question has one answer. You can do you can do either side of that answer, but it has one answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think switching the the characters from Marigold and Decation would be really interesting. That would like because they they like fit in really well to either setting. I think. Right, right, and just yeah. sort of like seeing how they play that out um, would be would be really cool. I think. I mean, just seeing like Mary Brody, uh, Strum, and Buckeye on a road trip together in any context would actually be a fascinating story yeah. that I would really. Uh, like. we'd have to duct tape Bu- Buckeye's face just so that they shut up. <laughs> <laughs> they um, also sneak the chainsaw into the trunk in case we need it later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> naturally. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow I think uh, uh, it would obviously be Brody driving. Oh, naturally. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and Brody drives much more. Well, see, here's the thing. I think I think Brody drive is is someone to drive ten miles over the speed limit, but he does like it safely. Yeah. Bro- Brody is like Brody is probably the best driver because then you get like uh-huh. Mary, who I think would be like so anxious. She she uh-huh. definitely drives like Pete. Yeah, right. And Buckeye right. would be like drifting. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you didn't like Buckeye has been banned from from driving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, gonna throw this idea out there, Buckeye kitten, very good. Mm, that would be <laughs> good. Yeah. Buckeye. Buckeye kitten. is a kitten. Yeah. Buckeye would be the- a very bitey kitten. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Or like they're, the they're one that's like constantly clawing the couch. Nom, nom, yeah. nom, nom. Or like or something that my cat did um when she was little, which is funny because she's the most gentle cat in the entire world. Like she has her claws and everything and she will not scratch her bite. But she used to this is apparently a Maine Coon thing. Um, she used to seventeen pounds of cat just jump up and sink her claws in and try to climb up you. That would be Buckeye. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna climb this (laughs) just like no regard for pain just (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um, did we have any other questions for each other here's a question if you could run someone else's um, system that they're in in firelight what would your like basic story be Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> That's tough. See, because I would, I would most be interested in in doing Marigold, but that's like not a game where I would like come up with the story. You know what I mean? It's just like for, we're gonna... for the purposes of the question, I think we can like. What what plot that? would you like to yeah. see in that system? <laughs> yeah. Um. Huh. That's a tough one. I don't know. I'd have to think, think about it. I think I'd like to run a strain game. Um, but my my kind of horror and why I kind of didn't, you know, choose to do a straight horror game here. Um, I really like disease and like the terror of feeling yourself like dying and not really having control over it. Mm-hmm. So doing like a disease based game in strain would probably be very, very interesting. Strain would be really good for that. They do describe it as like a hardcore survival horror game. Yeah. Um which uh I I was going more of a cerebral route with it. Like Right. So like I wasn't using it exactly the way it was intended, but it still worked fairly well, I think. Yeah, I I think what you did was very successful. But I'd love mm-hmm. to do something that's like yeah. the whole party is like poisoned yeah. and there's a, the t- the time limit is like, you know, you you have mm-hmm. to solve a thing or you die and that's that's uh-huh. the end. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that could be really cool too because you could like increase the strain on a set interval, but then them doing things could that also would hurt their body. Would, would, yeah, yeah, would would like 
you know, make their stress go up higher, faster, you know? Right. So like, you know, it's that balancing act right. of trying to get yourself out. Yeah, that would be super cool. I think I would also do strain, but I would do like, um, I would do sort of like a haunted house type of thing with mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. paranormal investigators who are trying to like exercise uh, like ghosts and stuff. Um, I really like the idea of like haunted houses and ghosts and stuff. Like, I think it's really cool. Yeah, I think I'd do kittens, but <laughs> I'd go a lot darker towards kind of the similar like cerebral body horror route. Like, right? It just I I like the uh, the dissonance of like this cute premise and just like a really dark like place of it going to. Right. Yeah, that was definitely something I was throwing around when I was starting to write it, but mm -hmm. we we were talking about the 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 themes early on about what we wanted to make our stories about and what kind of like how how our stories were going to be different. Um mm -hmm. and it felt like we needed something really like light and and a levity. Uh -huh. So I was like, yeah. well, instead of doing like, you know, the horror that I like, which is usually like really um slow burn and uh like body horror. Um, I, I went with like fairy tale horror because that's not something that we were covering at all. Right, mm -hmm. right. And, and it's funny that like uh, I had the line in the skit um, for the fourth episode after the kittens about like, you know, the, the, how the kitten story should have been darker. Um, yeah. Which uh, which I enjoyed. Because <laughs> uh, it was like it was like on the cusp, like it very easily could have gone that route. Um, right. But uh, but yeah, no, I definitely I, I dig I, I, I dig that uh, that concept where it's like you take a super cute thing and then do something kind of dark and twisted with it. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely think I would I would do Marigold, but I, I would want to do something that maybe focused on a different aspect of like summer camp, um, maybe show like a little bit more of like uh, like a normal like day in the life of the of the summer camp and then show how things slowly go awry over an extended period of time. Like instead yeah. of like everything happening in a night, like this is like over the course of the summer. So like the first week, maybe one weird thing happens. And then the next week, there some more little weird things happen and it turns yeah. into like, kind of like a slow burn investigation, like supernatural, like mystery. Yeah. Um, sort we of, we sort use of the route. one shot rules for, for sleep mm -hmm. away, which are slightly different. I'm um, not super different, but um, sleep away you can play for like much longer periods of time than we did and it has like a ritual mechanic and you know all sorts of stuff that uh, we just didn't get yeah. to <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so if that sounds cool you go check out sleep away yes everyone should should purchase all the games we play on this show because they're all super good yeah they're yeah great. so all right well we have a couple handful of questions here and that'll lead into some other things do we want to get into those yeah. So um, we did get a couple questions about um, about sleep away and uh, a GMless system. Colleen uh, asked said or uh, she said that she really enjoyed sleep away and um, she asked what was it like playing a GMless system. We hit on that a little bit um, and she said what was the hardest thing to get used to um, doing it uh, for playing I guess a GM system being used to normal RPGs. Yeah. Right. Was I this everybody's first GMless game? It was it, was, mine, it yeah. was my first GMless game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then we were all on the same page with that. I think getting used to just the fact that there wasn't somebody who told us what to do, right? I guess yeah. you can even hear yeah. it in the episode. Like we'll all like pitch something and then like wait for someone to like approve or to deny say yes, it. like yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. for someone to tell. All give right, us, I do like, this thing. A, a difficulty check. Uh -huh. um, mm. That was definitely the thing that was hardest to get used to, and I think that we all sort of like know now that like you know you you pitch something, you go forward with, it, and if other people don't like it, they can like change course, I guess. Um, and other systems uh, use this in. They they have mechanics like this in different ways. Sometimes you do have something that is basically like telling you yes or no. Um, in Sleep Away, that's not really the case. You like control different parts of the camp and you sort of go full steam ahead. And uh, yeah, it was weird getting used to that, but it was a lot of fun. It was definitely a learning experience too, yeah. both yeah. for actual play and for just like, you know, regular <laughs> GM list right. games that you can just be a little bit more confident with them and 
have it be a good time but yeah 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 it was that it was definitely weird getting used to that whole thing where it's like okay i'm gonna say what my character does and then wait for the gm that doesn't exist yeah to tell right. me what happens yeah we were all clearly like <laughs> waiting for it and i'm uh-huh. sort of glad that we like talked about like generally what story beats we wanted to hit beforehand because i think if we wouldn't have done that it would have been like painfully obvious instead of just like the occasional like okay buckeye did this and you can especially hear that in the final fight where um buckeye and brody sort of like go up and like try to do a thing and i think it's because like really in that moment we should have been like this is how it affects the lindworm but we were waiting for someone to be like the lindworm is affected this way (laughs) right right right. yeah and i think i think it showed a little earlier in it that like uh, we were all trying to not step on each other's toes as like common GMs in games. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> we're being too polite to each other. <laughs> right. So. But still, I think we did a good job with it. But that, uh-huh. that's de- that aspect of it is definitely there. Yeah. Uh, no, I definitely like how it how it came out. Uh, and our friend Dan asks, how how do the rest of us feel knowing that uh, Fiona cheated and got the most optimal playtime by picking a GMless game? <laughs> I did cheat. <laughs> I, I, I re- really, I almost didn't pick Sleepaway because of that. It, it was like I really wanted to play it, but um, I was just like, oh, it's GMless. I'm cheating. And then I just decided to cheat. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, see, I see it less as you cheating and more that you made us uh, also DM that game with yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's more of what it was. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you didn't I get more play it, time. We so got fun. all we all got more DM time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah. Uh, so, and then lastly, and this leads us into um, some cool announcement stuff. But our friend Colleen asked, "Would we be interested in playing more GMless games on the podcast in the future?" And the answer to that is yes. And in fact, uh, now is a great time for us to announce our next season of Fables, which will be titled Chronicle. And we will be playing the Microscope RPG, uh, which is a GM-less game. And that will be kind of run by uh, Tom, who was the producer on all the previous um seasons of fables and the producer on uh tales of the void fair so he'll be stepping into the light out of the shadows and um running this game of microscope for us which we are super excited for um and that will be tom myself chelsea and cliff on that yeah. season yeah yeah and i'm going to be the producer tom and i are just switching yeah and, F- <laughs> and fiona's producing so you're just swapping spots yep it's gonna be a lot of fun um I've loved what I've heard so far. You guys seem like it's, it's going to be really cool. Um, that's Microscope by Ben Robbins. Uh, you can find it just, you can find it in a lot of places. It's a really, really cool system, um, it, especially if you're interested in like GMless games or games about history. Tom is like a history guy, which is why I think this season is sort of perfect for him to be hosting not running because mm-hmm. it's gmless but mm-hmm. but he has a degree in history season. if i recall he does he has a history he has a degree in history um mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah it's gonna be so cool yeah, yeah i'm super excited the system's not like sleep away even though that is also a gmless system this one's more about building a history versus yeah uh, specifically telling a, a narrative story yeah, yeah, it's 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 very different. Um, I really like uh, what we've done so far, and uh, I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. Yes. So in uh, two weeks, we will be dropping episode zero on that, and then we will have episodes one and two of Microscope, which are going to be the only episodes we go- we put out. Mm-hmm. It's going to be pretty short through the month of December, so that, are, that will be our holiday treat to everyone. Um it's going to be really good. We usually have a trailer to put at the end of our retrospectives. We do not have a trailer right now. No. Uh, yeah, given the nature of the game and, and the timeline, uh, we don't have a trailer for this one. But um, just take our word for it that it's going to be cool. Yes, that is uh, Fables Around the Table Chronicle. Is it Chronicle mm-hmm. or Chronicles? Just Chronicle. Chronicle. Right? Just Chronicle. Chronicle. And uh, the game mm-hmm. is Microscope by Ben Robbins. Yeah, Chronicle. Drop the S. It's cleaner. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh any any final do we want to go around the horn and plug our shit yeah it's probably a good idea yeah uh i'm not going first somebody go oh, wow. i don't want to call on you either because it's more chaotic that way 
Chouse. So much chouse. I'll go first because it's the longest. Okay. Okay. I make music. You can find that at 2d6music.com or Bandcamp. Search the comic sads. You can find me on Twitter at 2d6music, at the comic sads, at just evil DMing, and at triple T DD. Speaking of, I am the newest addition to the Project Derailed Extended Podcast Universe with Taverns, Travel, and Tests. It is a meme infused Food Network inspired DD 5th edition real play podcast. We come out on the second and fourth Monday of each month, which means, uh, Go back in time when you're listening to this or move forward and when we're <laughs> recording this and look for it on November 9th will be the first actual play session posted, which uh, also was on the Voidfarer feed recently. And I think that's all of my plugs for now. Nice. Very nice. I will go Perfect. next because I think I also have a lot of plugs. Uh, so in addition to being on this podcast, you can hear uh, me and also Tom. This is the only Tom podcast that he's on because I make him. Uh, you can hear us on Big Streaming Pile. That is a Project Derailed podcast that we have about bad movies on streaming services. I think everyone except Cliff has been a guest at some point this season. Um, we just put out our Halloween uh, special, which was The Zombinator. And uh, we're going to have a Mary-Kate and Ashley special coming out on uh, Friday when this drops, I think. Or maybe it was last Friday. Time is weird. I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> one of those weird. Fridays. Um, but yeah, it goes up every other Friday. We take a bad movie on uh, any given streaming service and we talk about it and give it all of our spiciest takes, like about how you can only view B-movie through Hegelian dialectic or like how Open House, the Netflix original movie, is actually a retelling of Oedipus Rex. Um that is the type of direction we're going with. It. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they they are fascinating to listen to, and uh, if you don't want to waste time watching bad movies, you can just listen to Fiona and Tom talk about them instead, and yeah. don't have because we do about give it. a summary. We do summarize the movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can also, I, I write a lot. You can also find um, my writing on projectderail.com. Um, if you, if, I feel like an asshole saying this, if you Google my name, the, the other websites <laughs> I've written for will come up. Um, but most of the stuff I've written is on projectdrl.com. Oh no, me now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm Chelsea Rexinger. Uh, you can hear me on all of the other fables uh seasons uh you can also hear me on big stringing pile i was on a couple of those um i also do a lot of the art assets for fables around the table and as well as fan art for uh tales of the void fair occasionally mm-hmm. um what i'm not focused on project derailed stuff uh i'm also a co-owner of a candle company called plot kindling candles uh and we all have a bard in our life uh, one of our latest candle releases is Galepsi the Bard. Uh, he is a candle scented with roses, juniper, and dark anise. Uh, so if you would like to buy a candle that smells very good and is very inspired by uh, RPG uh, things, you can head over to Etsy at etsy.com uh, slash shop slash kindling candles. And I am Nick Yurisiva. Uh I am involved with almost everything that goes on here at project derailed um but uh i am the dungeon master of tales of the void fair which is our Spelljammer inspired 5e DD actual play um you can follow us on twitter at voidfarer pod or on facegram at voidfarer podcast you can follow me personally on twitter at nick underscore yurisiva that's u-r-o-s-e-v-a and um, you can listen to me on the first season of Fables where I played Virgil Rookwood in Curse. Did I miss anything? I don't think I did. Um, I am going <laughs> to say a couple of additional things. Nick and Chelsea saying their name remind me that I did not say my name. My name is Fiona L.F. Kelly. Um, (laughs) you can also find uh some merch from this podcast and all of our podcasts at bit.ly slash derailed shop 
Um, it has all sorts of cool designs and is about to get more cool designs because we decided to uh, look at the designs on the store recently. Uh, yeah, and no, also, we decided to make make Chelsea do more designs. Yeah, we more, art. more art, more <laughs> art. Yeah, um, and also if you could leave a review for this or any of our podcasts, um, because it's it's nice. We like to know people are listening. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, you know, wherever you end up listening to your podcast. I don't think there's a way to leave them on, like, Spotify. Shout your review into the void, whatever you yeah. want to do. Yeah, contact <laughs> us on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yep. Sometimes the void shouts a review back. <laughs> <laughs> and with that <laughs> uh thank you guys for listening and uh see you in fables chronicle bye everyone bye bye Introducing Tales of the Voidfarer. Join the spacefaring adventures of a group of misfits in this D&D 5th edition podcast inspired by the 2nd edition setting, Spelljammer. My name's Marco Astorio. My character is a Gith Yankee. My character is a Doar. Adorable little penguin people. You're ravenous, right? Yes. I, 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 and you are? I, it's a pleasure to meet you. My name's Luckby Cumbo. My name is Captain Valeria Rain, and welcome aboard the Voidfarer. Luckbeak, Ravnus, come on! There's so much to see over here! Catch new episodes of Tales of the Voidfarer every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast fix. <laughs> that's funny. Wait, did you just hmm? say that's funny and not laugh, Ravnus? We really have to work on your social skills. <laughs> ProjectDerailed.com